0: which hopefully will also give you a different perspective. It's not from Michael Scott. We'll hear from Michael Scott on another day. Um, But uh, before we do that, I want to just recap what we did yesterday because I felt like we didn't really conclude on that yesterday because we were rushed for time. And um, not like we will make a conclusion, but I, I am, as I explained yesterday, really conscious that you take away something practical that you're actually going to do and that is not out there in terms of what the world should do and what the community should do, what Pandasena should do and what everybody else should do but what I should do, okay? So I want you to think about this, like think about it in terms of, you can think about it like you've heard quality versus quantity, right? So this kind of frame you can think about when you think about association. So put your hand up if you're part of a regular Sunday. Okay, so I'm just eyeballing and that looks like about close to two-thirds, maybe even three-quarters actually. So um, there's, there's a bit which is around quantity. What is the quantity of Sangha that you currently have and does that need adjustment? Or is it okay? And if it is okay, then that's also okay. And then um, what is the quality of that Sangha, right? So when we talk about quality of Sangha, another girl who would kind of t- when us, took us briefly through that exercise about the circle, what's inside the circle and what's outside the circle, right? So from your perspective, in terms of the quality of the Sangha, what is it that may need to, that you would like to change? Your Sangha. And what would you like to change that's within your control? Not that I want somebody else to be whatever, whatever, whatever. This is what I'm going to do. So I want you to just take a couple of minutes. This is just not in groups. This is for yourself. Because I don't, I don't want you to have to think that I need to share this and all the rest of it. This is just for you. So, can you, and at the end of this week, um, we're going to bring together some of these specific things that you're um, uh, thinking about and going to try and come to a point where we make a commitment to do something before we leave the trip in terms of um, a, a set of things across the key themes that Roger Bihari was going to be speaking to us in the morning about. Does that make sense? So, the first session was about association, um, this morning's session was about. What was it
1: about?
0: Yeah. Okay. So um, tolerance and being equipoised. uh, And we'll do something on that in this session. But so just take a couple of minutes now. And like I said, just I want you to be super specific for yourself. What is it in either or the quantity or quality of the Sangha or association that you currently have that you're going to change when you get back to the U.K.? is the task clear? Yeah. Just for clarity, you yeah. two thirds of people put their hands up that they're in a sangha. Yeah. For the third of people that aren't in Sangha, what should they be doing? Yeah, so that it, it was actually less than a third, but yeah, for that, whoever it is, that if you don't if you're not part of a sangha, um, there's there may be ways uh, thanks, actually that's a helpful clarification because um uh do you, okay. For those people who are not part of a sangha, can you just put your hand up if that's okay? Okay. Are you guys... Okay, well, it may be different for you. Um, but in the context of the UK, like... You're, okay, so there's really few, right? It's just a couple, three. Do you know... Forget it, Raj. You're, you're also... Okay, so it's only a couple. And you guys know what sangra You know what sangra is. Do you know what in terms I'm, of... I'm in a group I
2: have
0: <laughs> Clear. Answer's there. Okay? So, all right. So then I think it is okay. Okay. Um, that you that uh, I wanted to check whether there were people who didn't know what a Sangha was and etc etc but clearly that's not the case so please you take this however exercise however you wish to take it, um so yeah so uh, is that okay everyone is anybody unclear? Yeah, go ahead. Um, can you, can you the the
2: suggestion? Yeah,
0: sure. Yeah, that's a helpful comment. So um, it may be that. Um, the type of sangha that you have is... Um, I'm sure this isn't true for any of the boys, but maybe your sangha is frivolous. So it may be that the, what, what activities or conversations that you have that you currently term as sangha or association isn't necessarily spiritually satisfying for you because it's kind of frivolous. Let's just use that as an example. And that your commitment to that might be and that the way that you're going to engage with that sangha is to try and direct or mould or like, um, you know, nudge that sangha in a particular direction by introducing um, a regular study of a book. So I'm just being like very specific to give you an example of what I hope that you, the, spe- the level of specificity that you can create for yourself um, so that... You have something to hold yourself accountable for because if it's not specific, as we know from SMART goals, <laughs> if it's not specific, uh, it's easy just to get lost in the in the ether. Is that okay? Okay. Any other clarifications? Okay. Off you go. Two, three minutes. Go on, then. That,
2: When you say smaller, yeah. more like uh, smaller group orders, like the yeah. bigger one. Yeah. Smaller groups.
0: You can think about it like from the perspective of how do you want to have someone? But it could be smaller groups.
2: Okay, people,
0: this is a private individual exercise. There is no need to be speaking unless you're. Okay, tell me please is the reason why you're talking because you just want to talk to your mates and have association, or is it because I haven't been clear? Yeah. Okay. So, if I haven't been clear, then no, no, that's helpful because then it's better. I, I, I kind of be clear to everyone rather than um, you speculate as to what you think I'm thinking. So, um, so the point was small groups versus bigger groups. Uh, yeah. So, in this context, in terms of association, it's better if it's with regards to smaller groups because the bigger groups you'll have that those are more events yeah. as opposed to the regular association that you'll. Is that okay? Okay, Ron. What was the other? Ambiguity. I mean,
2: most people
0: it in, in, pairs or in pairs or groups? I'm not with these Why is that?
2: <laughs> if we go to the same Sunday, then we might discuss. Like, oh yeah. No. <laughs> and it's a bit awkward when you say, okay, go. I'm <laughs>
0: <laughs> because I didn't say ready, steady, go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: ready, steady, no. Okay, um, well, uh, that's not ambiguous, surely. No, go means go, no, get on I with
2: it. <laughs> Why is that awkward? Practice breathing.
0: Practice breathing. Okay, let's do some breathing. No, no. The, the reason I, I think it's important that you do it individually, personally, because I think um, I think it, re- it requires your. It's an individual thing, and I and I and I don't think and the thing that you may come up with may not be necessarily the thing that you're going to want to share immediately with others. So, like, you don't necessarily need to impose that. Please, okay. Okay, now, get ready. Okay, stop looking at me, just get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: yes. I would you suggest
0: that? Yes, I would suggest you start with, get, get part of the now um, you <laughs> Maybe your resolution, if it is a resolution, yeah. is to join a summit. Isn't it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I think it's as simple as that one
3: yours is easy Thank you.
0: job done you can space out <clears throat> two minutes those of you who are writing stuff down that's um super helpful for those of you who are not um if you uh, either you've got a good memory and you're making a mental note or borrow a piece of paper or write on your phone because uh, as i said as we go through the sessions with brush behind the different themes when we come to bringing this together as a uh, as a set or a package of things that we're going to be considering at an individual level what we're going to be doing after the retreat each component it's going to be really important so it would be a real shame if you didn't have anything for this particular one i'll give you another like minute and then um we'll bring it back and then obviously you can refine whatever you've written um over the coming days. Okay, so uh, while they set that up, um, if you, uh, sorry for those, um, if, if you can just try and position yourself to see this video. It's about a six-minute video. Um, I know it's quite long, but I think it summarizes um, really extremely well, um, extremely well our, uh, well, a, a perspective, a scientific perspective on some of the things that we were discussing and are going to discuss uh, for the rest of this session. Um, so he's, he speaks quite fast and uh, you need to pay attention. So please, uh, it's about six minutes as I said, please try and capture what he's trying to say and we'll, we'll go over the, the, the kind of implications of it after the video. Okay, are we good? Can you just the, sound? Sure the, are the person
1: that's not motivated, that can't get off the couch that doesn't want to do anything. Well, this is the problem. Look, I'm not judging. I do this stuff too, right? If you've ever scrolled social media and you're like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. It doesn't really feel that good. When you think about dollar, euro, bitcoin, ethereum, you think about wins and losses in sport, and life, and relationship, and anything. Something in your brain and body has to keep track of that. Did you win? Did you lose? What's a letdown? One of the most important findings in the last few years in neuroscience is that the molecule dopamine is associated with reward, it's more about motivation and craving. That's really the key. When I say the common currency is dopamine, what I mean is the molecule dopamine, when secreted in the brain, makes us pursue things, build things, create things, makes us want new things that we don't currently already have. It's more accurate really to think about Dopamine as driving motivation and craving to go seek rewards. And it's a way of tabulating where we are in our life. Are we doing well or are we doing poorly? And that happens on very short time scales. Like, do you wake up feeling good or do you wake up feeling kind of low? Or on long time scales. If you're halfway through a long degree or you're halfway through your life, how are you doing? How do you gauge that? Well, it has everything to do with how much dopamine you were releasing in the previous days and weeks and years. So you're always comparing, it, and all of this is subconscious. But what's cool is that once you make these processes conscious, once you understand a little bit about how dopamine is released and how it changes our perspective and our behavior, then you can actually work with it. And this is really the new evolution of the understanding of, of dopamine in, neural, in neuroscience, which is that dopamine itself is not the reward. It's the build-up to the reward. So the, the keys are to pursue rewards, but understand that the pursuit is actually the reward if you want to have repeated Wins. Okay, you. The celebration has to be less than the pursuit, and that's hard for some people to do. If you can start to identify the craving as its own internally released drug, this thing dopamine that is a source of motivation, then what you realize is that capturing the reward is wonderful, but attaching dopamine to the reward is actually a little bit dangerous. Celebrating the win more than the pursuit, it actually sets you up for failure in the future. And so this gets us right into something called dopamine reward prediction error. Reward prediction error is basically if you expect something to be really great, and then it's not quite that great, your dopamine baseline lowers. And now understanding what we know about dopamine, that means that not only did you you feel as if you lost because it wasn't as much a celebration as you thought it would be, but it also means that you're starting from a lower place, meaning you are less motivated. Anytime you have a bunch of dopamine and you're in pursuit, 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 after you achieve a win, now this could be a a business win, a relationship, a win of any kind, but inevitably there's going to be a tipping back of the scale on the pain side. And that pain side is always gonna go a little bit higher than the dopamine side. So this is what you would feel if you pursue a goal like building the company here it comes here it comes the big sale and then there's the what now you of let go. now if you wait if you simply wait and stop pursuing dopamine for a short while the scale starts to reset the problem is a lot of people immediately roll right into the next pursuit and then what happens is that scale starts to get stuck on the pain side a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more and pretty soon no amount of seeking will allow you to experience that craving and motivation. So what what does this mean in terms of a, an actual tool? Well, first of all, if people can do what you do, they're going to be in a much better position in life. doesn't matter if it's school, sport, relationship, any domain of life. If you can start to register, ah, that craving and that friction and that desire, that almost kind of low level of agitation, sometimes high level of agitation, that is that I'm trying to impose my will on the world in a benevolent way, you hope, know, that's dopamine. It's working with its close cousin, which is epinephrine, which is adrenaline. They are very close cousins. In fact, dopamine manufactures epinephrine. A lot of people don't know this, but adrenaline is actually made from the molecule of dopamine. Okay, so those two are hanging out together. It's like crave work, crave work, crave and work, crave and work, crave and work. And then you get the win. And some people allow the big peak in dopamine to be associated with the win. And... Smart people learn to adjust their celebration internally, right? This is all internal. You could throw the biggest party in the world, but as long as you're laid back and looking at this, not letting yourself get manic crazy, you won't necessarily crash as hard. And pretty soon, your system will reset. So you take the day you clean up the dishes, you relax, you go, what now? I'm feeling a little low. But rather than going out and spiking the dopamine again, just wait. Understand that the scale will reset again yourself a few days where you're going to feel a little kind of underwhelmed. Things aren't going to be as interesting. It's going to be hard to trigger that big release because you just had the the peak. Well, if you adjust that, you relax, you understand there's always a little bit of a postpartum depression. We sometimes hear about postpartum depression. That's a clinical thing. But there's always that kind of, hmm, today's not as exciting as the previous days. What, What am I going to do with my life? But then if you let it start ratcheting up again, then what you realize is your capacity to tap into dopamine as a motivator not just seeking dopamine rewards, that is infinite. And I I can say with, with great certainty that this is how you were able to build a big company and sell it, how you've been able to build a successful podcast and sell it, how you're constantly seeking because seeking is the reward. And I think for most people, we think of the reward as the finish line. And so the key is to get to the finish line, step into the end zone, but no end zone dance. That's the key to doing it over and over. And when I see big athletes or academics or anyone or musicians and they rise and crash it's clear they've lost the touch with the motivation evoked dopamine Mm -hmm.
0: okay um makes sense some key things that did somebody say no Um, what, what stood out to you? Yeah.
2: you uh, kind of emphasized um, placing the focus on the journey towards the goal rather than the goal itself. Yeah, okay. It's almost like you're enjoying and you're feeling more kind of stimulus from the pursuit of something exciting. Mm-hmm. And also kind of, he, he, he kind of alluded to it. But um, like what, what he spoke about is kind of like an anti climax movement, I think. Yeah. Where you experience something and it's not as good as you perceive it to be, like the prediction and everything. Yeah. And yeah, that's kind of relatable. Yeah, good. You guys, yeah. Was it a bit. No, no, you go. Ahead, go ahead. Was it a bigger crash if you right?
0: A bigger crash?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so. We'll come we'll, yeah, yeah. So that's mm-hmm. th- so the idea that you you can go so up if and
2: you're not equipoise yeah, yeah. Um, when you get your win. Yeah yeah. If you really go all out and um, I guess depend on your senses and like, like get carried away with, you know, oh my god, I that. Yeah, 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 yeah. then the, the <coughs> crash is even bigger and it's yeah. harder to kind of get back into mm-hmm. you
3: know, pursuing the next
0: thing. Yep, yeah, that's it. Basically so, yeah. Anything else? Pass it back this way then, please. Who, who, is, who is it for? Go ahead and shout, Charu.
4: <coughs> <laughs> it kind of made sense to me <laughs> that, that, um, that you can't, like, like just, it makes, like, because I don't know, like, I always find that whenever I get, like, a few wins in a row, like, just in, like, like you always end up losing. But, like, you always you know, end up losing. Yeah, you know, like, maybe, like, oh, you're win, like, you, ne- you never get a consistent win streak, and I think that's <laughs> what it is Letting yourself get to a stage where you're so like happy and complacent and you're you're already tying it to the winds yeah. when when in reality you're not acknowledging all the other work that you put in like, yeah. up to it.
0: Yeah, okay, thank you. Yeah, for convenience.
4: Uh, I have a question just in regards to
2: the video. You talk about like seeking is more of a is a more a reward than an actual reward itself. Or, like when is it
0: Okay, so we'll come to that. Any other reflections? Anything else that stood out specifically? Yeah, just come over here. Um, I
2: don't know if I've already understood this, but yeah. you, I think you were mentioning that um, after you've achieved a win, um, your dopamine goes lower. So um, after after it increases, it yeah. goes, it's, goes even lower. So you need to wait, like, I don't think if you said a couple of days or something, to let that scale balance out so that before you start so you yeah. you're seeking it with like a level amount of dopamine rather than achieving it when your dopamine is lower. Yeah. Um so I guess I don't know if that means that if you start something straight after you've just got something, then you're more likely to lose motivation and burn out. So you need those three days to just sit
3: with that feeling yeah.
2: of underwhelm or whatever you get from your win. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if that, that this idea of I think you're referring to the point that he's making about just becoming desensitized to that, right? So, like, when you keep trying to pursue it, at a certain point, so you no longer, you no longer get any benefit from it. So it's hard to trigger anything. You know, it was like that. Was it the couch potato? You know, the person who was being, you know, how much, how much stimulus does the person need to actually get anything from it? Okay. Anything else from anyone? I want, I want to hear a couple of. If there's any reflections now. If you take this a step further... So he's speaking from a neuroscience perspective, yeah? That's his perspective. He's a neuroscientist and he's coming at it from a chemical perspective. Based on what we know from the Bhagavad Gita, from uh, the class this morning, um, what what? how do you connect what you heard him say to this idea of um, being equipoise and... Um, Tolerating happiness and distress, as we heard this morning. So this idea of equanimity. Yeah. Okay. So Ram, then through with the back.
2: Uh, So like, obviously, the the, like the Gita verses as summer winter season change. So we all happiness and distress. Something like. Um. So. In terms of being steady, so it's going to come and go anyway, so stop stressing about it. Um, but also, um, when I was watching the video, it kind of made me think, like, when I feel most depressed, quote-unquote, um, then, like, it's generally because you're waiting for the dopamine. Mm-hmm. So something like f- finding uh, tolerating happiness almost kind of helps cure s- some
0: forms of depression. I think tolerating happiness. happiness.
2: Tolerating happiness. Okay, why? Obviously, you have to tolerate distress. <coughs> that's like a push message. Yeah. But tolerating happiness can help cure some forms of depression. I think. Yeah. Um. As in depression is a word big one. Yeah, yeah. But just like feelings of sadness and being low and low so so
0: hold on to that, that. This idea, we'll come back to this point about tolerating happiness. Uh, if you remember, I, Brad uh, uh, made this point that you know in the in the Gita's verse where it says. Um, you know, we should we should tolerate them. i.e. tolerate happiness and distress. You know, I, I had a quite a similar reaction when I read that verse first time. That, you know, why would you need to tolerate happiness? So we'll come back to this point because it's a it's a very uh, it's a it's a very insightful um, instruction that Krishna is giving uh, there, and um, its implications now being proved by neuroscience. But Prabhu.
4: So. Connection. Uh, so I think, in going what we know is uh, in tolerating happiness and distress and happiness. Uh, so as a, as I just want to like, like briefly discuss on, on tolerating happiness. Of course, you immediately everyone wonders, what does it mean to tolerate happiness? it Means to not get carried away. Same goes with distress, not to simply get carried away with it, mm-hmm. just to accept it. Either as Krishna's mercy, is that okay? It's, you can see that's nice, but to not get carried away with it, that means that's what it means to be equipoised and not get this yet don't get carried away. And so in that way, you can then be peaceful because you're not getting carried away. You can, that's how you can actually be more peaceful. So you may not necessarily be enjoying so much, but you will be more peaceful. And actually, if you're more peaceful, you can actually be more happy that way. And if you're at and taking it to.
0: Consciousness. If, you're pe- if you're peaceful, if you're happy, it's easier to practice Krishna consciousness. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. So, yeah, Vrindavan Bihari? We'll come to you in a sec. We'll come to you next. Question? Yeah, we'll go to questions after this.
2: Yeah, it reminded me of the verse um, where Krishna says you have the right to
5: perform your duty but you don't have the right to
2: the, 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 the fruits. fruits of the results. Um, so, yeah, where, where he was saying uh, the the process is okay, that's where you get your dopamine hit, uh, but not
5: from the results. It so seemed like a kind yeah.
0: of... It. Yeah, no, thank you. So that was the other concept I was hoping somebody would catch on to, this idea of duty. Because, I mean, this trip is themed call of duty. The idea of the Ramayan underpinning was kind of the the kind of... You know, if you were to think of the character who represents duty, that's Lord Ram. Um, and we're hearing so much uh, in these pastimes where the personalities um, that we're hearing about are really exemplifying duty. And that, that concept of duty requires a certain um, belief system underneath that. And, um, and part of that belief system is that things will play out well in the long term. So that requires some tolerance of happiness and distress because if you don't believe in the long term, if you're only believing in the short term, you're going to have a very different perspective in terms of what you're going to prioritise, accept and reject. Okay? So um, I, I want to speak on a few things that come from this, but there are a couple of questions. Um, you had a question, Niam, and then um, uh, yeah, <laughs> and then Aria. So if you go first and then pass the my
2: regards to this idea of constantly seeking, when's, where do you come to the point where you stop seeking
0: and you actually enjoy it? Like, enjoy the rewards. Well, enjoy them now, right? where, do you, where, where do you actually come to the point where you gain what you wanted to gain and the seeking is... Um, you, you, mean, you mean in the material world or? Yeah, in the <laughs> spiritual context. Spiritual world, then that's fine. Though. Like Once you get to that point, then you'll be alright. You, know, you can have a good time. But, in the, but, you know, in our progress towards the spiritual, um, it, it's interesting because, like, you know, we get reactions to good karma and to bad karma, right? So good karma presents opportunities for enjoyment. Bad karma presents necessity for suffering. There's a difference. They're not symmetrical. Do you, do you see the difference? So one is, it's imposed upon us. The good karma... So the bad karma that comes, that leads to suffering... Is going to be some suffering that I'm, I mean, obviously, Krishna can uh, take away good or bad karma. So, just leaving, leaving Krishna aside for a moment. But the idea being that if you've got good, if you've got good karma, uh, sorry, bad karma coming, there's going to be suffering imposed upon us without our um, acceptance or rejection. We're just going to have to suffer it. On the good karma side, it's not symmetrical. On the good karma side, good opportunities present themselves to us. Then it's within our capacity to accept or reject them. So if we go with it, and that's where free will comes in, right? The soul's free will actually is expressed not in the accepting, typically, but in the rejecting. So um, that's where, so uh, I don't want to go too much on a tangent here, but like the principle is that. That good karma allows... We can then make a choice there. Do we want to accept it? Because with good karma, it's not that this stuff is just a free lunch. Right? Like there's stuff that comes with that, which will then, you know, in terms of reinforcing certain uh, thoughts and patterns and uh, and desires, etc., etc., which will lead to further karma down the road. Or do you want to transfer it? So in either situation, whether it's good karma or bad karma... Either can actually help you progress in your spiritual life. So how can bad karma help you progress in your spiritual life? How would you, how would you use bad karma to help you progress in your spiritual life?
2: So it does a bad karma, like if, say, I've fallen ill or something like that, I would pray. I
0: would okay, good. Pray. So it's a perspective, right? So one is prayer. It leads you to a point of more surrender. Another way could be what? You want to help him out? Reflection. Okay, reflection means what? Reflecting on the past and that you Very good, you? thank you. So there's there's a bit about, actually, this is Krishna kind of, you know, um, intervening, giving me some tokenist, token suffering I deserve more, etc. So again, it's directing us towards Krishna, okay? Uh, what about good karma? How does good karma, how can good karma be used towards helping us progress? As a
4: gratitude...
0: Okay, so you get it, yeah. So good. Um, we can, This is not what this session is about, so, so I'm not spending too much time on it. But you get the idea. So it's it's your choice, like, it, and that's the point that we're going to come to here. Is it's your choice how you want to engage in that good karma. So if you want to, if you want to enjoy the results of your good karma now, it's you're able to do that. It's like a currency. It's in your bank account. You want to spend the money now, you can. You wanna have money tomorrow, but you can spend it if you want. Right? And then there's the dopamine effect, which we'll come on to in terms of. Okay, so let's go to Ari and then I want to summarize a little bit before we move on.
2: I think it might be a bit too
0: similar. Okay. Basically, it's the
2: mic. It's Neum's mic. It's, it's, Neom's mic. <laughs> it's a bad
0: karma mic. <laughs>
2: Everything in like we ha we have access to everything on the site, like an instant gratification
3: everyone like yeah. the example of a remote yeah. and smartphones and social media came up here. Yeah. And you mentioned right now that it's a choice, that yeah. we just have a choice.
2: And how we actually get more benefit by waiting for the reward and seeking um, and it, the creation or the consequences mm-hmm. of not doing that. But in the moment or in a in a moment. Yeah, yeah. I
0: don't, uh, people, so, yeah I wanted to hear something, something <laughs> <talking>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so it, um, I'll answer it in a slightly different way yeah so um, which is a point that I wanted to make when in the language of the Gita when you hear and speak about dopamine highs and crashes in the language of the Gita what does that remind you of? what does it remind you of? Thank you, Roger
3: <laughs> to, to our,
0: our saviour. So mode of passion. Okay? This is this is definitive mode of passion. Mode of passion, for those of you who don't know, of the three gunas, mode of passion is the mode or the state of emotion or being where you are chasing, chasing, chasing. It's it's fueled and defined by greed, by intensity. By um, you know, I want this thing, and I don't care what it takes to get there. I want it, and I want it now. That's the mode of passion. Ever felt like that? That's the mode of passion. Okay, we we come across it, some more than others, on a daily basis, right? And that mode of passion is um, is driving this. So when when we when your point about how do I resist, if I can rephrase the question, how do I resist the mode of passion? Is, um, uh, is this process of tolerating happiness and distress. So this idea, you know, why does, why does Krishna say tolerate happiness and distress? And why is it that when we think about how to start that process, um, often, you know, if somebody is going through a really bad time, like a really bad experience or something really bad has happened to them and you say to them, hey, just tolerate.
2: <laughs>
0: like you might want to take cover. Right, like when you say that. So, that's not a that's not a nice message to give or to hear, right? And uh, it's difficult for us to hear that. But if somebody is is on a high, and um, or if we're in a high, then we for us to be able to tolerate the high is easier than for us to tolerate the low. So, as we get more and more comfortable with tolerating the highs, we can get better at tolerating the lows it's a it's a it's a practice it's a habit that we form like that this idea of tolerance of equanimity of being equipoise it's a habit and we have to start where it's easier and it's easier with happiness so um, i was going to say something and i forgot but okay you're going to ask the question that it's not so easy to tolerate yeah. happiness okay so this is where krishna introduces so he speaks and that's why I, it's helpful for us to shift into the language of... Okay. So when the neuroscientists talk about dopamine, they don't... What they know... They've learned this 5,000 years late. Okay? Krishna's speaking about this very clearly. When Krishna speaks about it, nobody wants to listen. Right? Because, oh, what are you talking about? Tolerate happiness and distress. That's just dumb. The material world is about enjoying. We should be enjoying... Technology etc. All these things are pushing up this this there to enjoy no? like we've made all these wonderful things as the human species has, has evolved from 5,000 years ago, and now we have these things so we should enjoy it. Now they're finding that they can't enjoy 5,000 years too late Then they create a, a language which is based on the chemical structure of stuff That's going on in our brains are the neuroscience that sits behind it Krishna is talking about he's not talking about dopamine He's talking about the mode of passion. The mode of passion precedes dopamine. You see, what happens is generally in the material world, we like to focus on the tangible, gross stuff. Gross, I don't mean disgusting. Gross, I mean not subtle. right? Gross, tangible stuff. If it's tangible, I can touch and feel it, and, I, and I can, my senses can engage with it, and off I go. So we don't really like to think about the subtle stuff, because that's harder to deal with. It's harder to think about and to control. But the fact is, in the, whole, in the way the universe works, we think that if we can control the gross, we can control the subtle. But actually, the way the universe works is, the gross comes from the subtle. So you have to control the subtle. So this idea of, of dopamine, that's only part of the story. So they've got that part of the story pretty accurate, actually. You know, it's pretty, you can hear almost the, the kind of similarities to the Gita's approach there. But they haven't got the whole story. And the whole story is, how do I, how do, how do I mediate that high, right? Because if you're looking at it from just a neurochemical perspective, the, the perspective there would be, well, just lower the dopamine. Or just like lower your, well, it's like, I don't know how to do that. Right? But there's a way of doing it and that's what Krishna's teaching us and that's the examples that we hear in the Ramayana about these personalities about how they're doing that the, their example is there to inspire us that actually doing it that way leads to a better outcome right so when you hear about how the personalities respond to the highs and the lows and you see that the outcome transpires in a way that was unexpected just like in our lives the outcome is not always expected so that's why Krishna introduces this framework of the goodness and like the idea that by increasing the mode of goodness in our life in these different ways we can help ourselves be able to mediate the highs and the lows but that you know like that's why those things can be introduced very kind of easily and gradually over time. And we can then, you know, to the point that uh, we've been hearing, right, Uh, Brajabhya has been making this idea that this is supposed to be an experience. You're supposed to be able to test and experience Krishna consciousness. This is not about blind faith. You know, you hear something and somebody's, you know, somebody said this and therefore it's true. The whole point of this science is that you're supposed to be able to use it in your life to see the result from it and from the result give you faith for you to continue on this path. So the mode of goodness is supposed to help us do that. Okay? All right, we'll go to Patti and then to you. Yeah. Um, this is quite a
2: simple one. Um, what does tolerating happiness to look like? Because when you're saying this, even though I know this is not what you're saying, I can, all I can think about is basically numbing our responses. Yeah, nice. Very
0: good question from a psychologist.
2: It's hard for me to like imagine that. Yeah, become a stone.
0: Yeah, Nandagopan and I were speaking about this overnight. The so there's a there's a danger that this can be perceived as just become a stone. And but there was the answer was given in Braggi Hari Prabhu's class this morning. Anyone remember what it was? Not that we just become. I'll rephrase it, and I'm trying to recall the precise example that people gave. But this this idea that not that we just tolerate, 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 and explode. Right, that was the, there was, the, what was the example?
3: Oh, yeah, the sambar.
0: <laughs> like, tolerate, 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 you expose. So what was the, what was the counter to that? So this, this idea that there is some attraction towards Krishna that we're developing at the same time. So the idea is, it's true. Like, and that's why many philosophies, spiritual or either actually spiritual or so-called spiritual philosophies, do promote become like a stone. That is their philosophy, become like a stone. Just be, so, okay, think about it like a scale, okay? You've got negative, zero, and positive. So their thing is, go from negative to zero. You got to zero, that's your goal. That's the philosophy, right? So that is become like a stone. No desires, no, no sentience, nothing. That's the goal. Our goal goes beyond that right, to the positive. So it's not just get to zero. Getting to zero may be part of the journey, but that's not the goal. So our goal is not to get to just tolerance, not just to get to being equipoise. That's an intermediate goal. But the thing that will attract us beyond just being a stone is the fact that we're trying to develop, alongside this process, our attraction to Krishna. Krishna. And therefore, the highs that we talk about... You know, I was asking uh, Niam about how do you use the highs as part of your spiritual journey? So you use the highs. Instead of enjoying the high, instead of, okay, I've got the high, now let me enjoy it as much as I can. Let me really, like, you know, like uh, the philosophy of enjoy this one night before you go to the forest. Rather than enjoy it in this moment, let me see how I can use that as a as a... Springboard into spiritual life? How does it promote? How can I use it to promote my affection for Krishna? Okay, let's... Th- okay. Let, it, it, th- that's not clear, right? Um, so there's is something like, missing. When
2: it comes to material things...
0: Okay, so let's take you a... Give me an example. Material. Give me an example of a material high. You get a first in your degree. Yeah. Okay. You get a first in your degree or is it you want something more materialistic? That's fine. That's fine? Okay. So take... <laughs> So take, um, like, you get a first in your degree, okay? It's only fine because you're thinking, yeah, like, <laughs> stop enjoying. <laughs> so you get a first in your degree. Now, how are you going to link that with your, your affection and, and service to Krishna? How will you do that? So you get the degree, the paper comes. Now, in that moment, there's a high, obviously there's a high. What do you do in that moment? How do you connect it to Krishna? Okay, perfect. Let's stick with that. There's many more, but let's stick... Those two are perfect, right? So there's a point of... <clears throat> you've got the high. You can do a couple of things. You can go party with your friends. You can really just like self-congratulate in terms of look how well I did. No, 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 all of that stuff. You can do so many things. Or you can take the piece of paper, you can offer it to the deities. You can thank Krishna in your heart in a, in a prayer. Uh, you can then meditate about how you're going to use this for Krishna's service. You can do so many things. Now the point is that if you go down one route, you're going to be spiking the dopamine. If you go down the other route, instead of pushing yourself down the mode of passion, what's going to happen is you're, you're, not, you're not dumbing yourself, you're not dumbing the emotion. You're transferring that emotion to Krishna. And that's going to help build your relationship with Krishna. It's not dumbing anything down. Now what's happened is you're using the high or the low to build your relationship with Krishna. Now, that relationship with Krishna is going to over, over, like, supersede all the other stuff that's going on below. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah. Okay, we okay. Uh, look I'm coming to you and then to you, Krishna. Um, sorry, Ram. How much? Ten minutes. Okay. There's a bunch of other stuff, but I think since we're in the question thing, I'm not going to go into other points on this. Um, so let's just do. Let's we'll just carry on with that. huh? Oh, would you like to say
5: something? Yeah, to oh, yeah, please, please, please. Yeah, you know, how do I? Uh, I can't numb my uh, senses when I'm. I got something. I'm happy. So, what the scriptures tell us is, they don't prevent us from enjoying. You know, they don't prevent us from expressing and being happy. What they are, What they recommend is just add sattva or goodness in every situation. So, you actually answered your question when you said, when he, when Prabhu asked you about what will you do. You said, maybe grateful to Krishna, mm. maybe prayer. That's the solution. Just thanking Krishna. Thank you, Krishna, for this. When we invest some emotion in uh, our success, we are happy, we are thrilled. But if we can say, thank you, Krishna. That filled, and Sattva is very difficult. Mode of goodness is very difficult because there is no pronounced there is like you want to do something and more of ignorance is like you are depressed. So there is emotions in Rajo uh, and Tamu, passion and ignorance. That's why people find the mode of goodness very abstract and very impractical because there is no pronounced emotion. And therefore the best emotion in Sattva guna mode of goodness is gratitude. When we express gratitude, it is goodness also and there is emotion also. And that neutralizes Like other ones got destroyed because of pride, because of being intoxicated with happiness. Krishna was there with them. And they just got carried away, and they they offended a great saint, and then they were destroyed. In, in sports also, when the team is complacent.
0: Thank you, for yeah. okay. Bukit? Just
3: thinking about one thing, Guru. I think for both happiness and sadness, and I apologize if I missed this, but I think we kind of in the discussion equating them, but I think they're inherently different because in happiness, the pursuit of attainment, they say, is more joyous than the result itself. You know, it's about the fight, not the triumph, the journey, not the destination. Kind of leading up to it, that joy builds up. Then when you get it, it's done, it's over. Sadness on the other hand only begins when a sad thing happens. And then kind of the post effects, you kind of, you know, tolerate, deal with it, bear the pay. So the sequence of events and the relative priority, pre versus post, is totally different in both cases. But if we're talking about tolerance, tolerance is essentially just post, right? Also for happiness. I, I would,
0: just a slight adjustment to what you said. So, you know, um... Often, uh, there's a really famous saying. Uh, maybe somebody will remember, but this th- it captures this idea that you know when you when somebody is some nothing's happened, but they're thinking it's going to happen, or it's going to happen, and the suffering that precedes it actually happening because they're playing it out in their mind. So what is that saying?
2: Uh,
0: no, there's something about dying a hundred. Huh? Anyway, whatever I'll But, but this, this, uh, this idea is that You know, you, you do end up suffering For things that you shouldn't even be suffering for Like you're not even It hasn't even happened and you're suffering for it Because you're either expecting it Or you're either you may be scared of it Or it's going to happen And then before it's even You know, like it's the anxiety that builds up to that moment Where something's Like, you know, for example If you're going to um, uh, You know, sit an exam, for example Now the suffering is not just the exam there's a whole build-up to it which is suffering so um, there's uh, but yeah but your point was that the tolerance you're saying tolerance is just post the event so
3: that's what the discussion was kind of seeming to be like but yeah in happy moments we actually get more joy in the build yeah yeah up, so this
0: tolerance show. is in all of that so this so tolerance is the to be, is the beginning after, the, okay. the beginning the thing and after it that that is the tolerance
3: throughout
0: yeah yeah throughout because it occurs throughout like, you know, like, just an, on an event basis, we're thinking about the event, but there's, there's before and after.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay, Christian?
2: Yeah, so my question was kind of related to the question from there, but like, yes, with like, in theory, you can say, kind of, find ways to be grateful, find ways to use it towards happiness, but I think, in the material world, like, mm. you're going to be kind of, um, kind of blinded by the kind of joy that you're experiencing. And like, also if the thing that we're happy about is inherently material mm. like it can be difficult to kind of put a spiritual perspective so what kind of can we do in a more kind of practical sense like yes gratitude but what, what else can we do apart yeah,
0: yeah. from that so you made two points right so um, uh, the, the, the second one being about what if it's inherently material mm. so uh, think of it can you think of an
2: example uh, like, receiving a bonus. Okay, good. Yeah.
0: That's my favourite one. So, receiving a bonus. So, how can you connect that to Krishna? Thank you very much.
2: So, like, you
0: know, like, the, see, the idea is that, actually, in the world, there isn't anything you can't connect. Because, in one sense, there is no material. It's Krishna's energy. It belongs to Krishna anyway. So, you'll always be able to find something. And part of the, the whole... Beauty or ease or trick, if you Mm -hmm. want to call it that, of spiritual life, of particularly of bhakti, Mm -hmm. is that you can connect anything to Krishna. Mm -hmm. So, what was your first point? Sorry, I forgot.
2: How can we practically apply that when kind of we're we're kind of? Oh yeah, it's in the moment. You're carried away. We're carried away. Yeah,
0: carried away because it's material. Yeah. So like, there's a you know there's an interesting uh, um, analogy that you know sometimes you hear this idea that. Uh, what is it that you've got a hole in the heart, the sh- the shape of God, a God-shaped hole in the heart, something like that? Yeah, not vacuum. A vacuum, would not have a shape, but it's. I think it's hole. Uh, you know, it can only be filled by God, right? So like, there's this idea. You know, the thing is that it's true for the senses. So the senses, the senses have an object-filled hole in them. So what's happening is the senses are not. It's not just that the object is coming into the sense. The sense is going out into the object. It's searching for stuff. It's not just interpreting. It's not just processing. It's also interpreting, right? So it's seeking. So that's true, and that's the point. The point is, how do you shift that from the purely materialistic stuff towards Krishna? And that's you know, like the the, the practice of sattva, the practice of goodness in different things, whether it's in, um, in in, uh, in your in your daily lifestyle. And uh, kind of own practice, or you know whether it's uh, meditational practice, breathing, journaling, gratitude, those types of things, but also the tangible lifestyle stuff. Mm. Like they—they're the things that will awaken our capacity to just create a gap between that passionate intensity. So they, 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 they drive a wedge between that stimulus and response yeah. to, give, to give us a bit of a chance.
2: So kind of what I'm is, before you said like you need to tolerate happiness first in order to be able to tolerate the, the stress, but before you tolerate happiness, you need to kind of develop the mode of goodness. Like yeah, it journey, would be hard, like
0: yeah. if we don't have some level of... And that's why spiritual practice, like even like kirtan, chanting, reading Srila Prabhupada's books, these basics of, philosophy, uh, basics of Krishna consciousness, they fast track us on a path which was otherwise, m- could take years to develop. So it's true. These, thi- these practices, these directly devotional practices um, advance us along this path much more quickly. Because Krishna also gets involved <coughs> Krishna helps It's not that he's just a silent witness He's a silent witness As long as we want him to be silent <laughs> Right If we don't want him to be silent If we invite him to speak Let him speak
2: Thank
0: you okay. okay, I think we're out of time, right Ram? Okay Thank you all so much For paying attention and being awake For those of you who are awake those of you who are sleeping I saw all of you <laughs> Hare Krishna, Shri Prabhupada, Ki,